Father, I pray over the next few moments that you would guide me to share your word uh, accurately in humility, that we would not be caught in the trap of judging the heart of men, but calling into account where you said to judge and discern all things by judging the words of men. And so I pray that you would guide us into truth. Thy word is truth. And use me for that purpose, Lord. Let there be no error in my heart. Help me to know you and to know your word and your voice and to not let my life or my words lead others away from the simplicity that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen. My eyes need to adjust. Next week, being Resurrection Sunday, we're taking a pause from this series. And then we have two more uh, installments. And then we're going to have a question and answer Sunday. Um, That's where angels fear to tread when you give other people a microphone. Um, I will make that available to us out of my responsibility to you as a pastor. I want to go ahead and tell you now that I'll debate with no one. I'm not looking to be set straight or set you straight. I won't argue. I'm simply trying to fulfill my responsibility of preaching the Word of God, and I'll answer your question to the best of my ability. Let me just read this to you because I've got so much and we're limited in time. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, he said, I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you a pure virgin to Christ. I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus, same name, different person, than the one we proclaimed. Or if you receive a different spirit, receiving a spirit, just not the Holy Spirit, from the one you received. Or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, that you might put up readily with it. In Galatians 1, he wrote, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Now, if I took the time, it would take me all day to cover and respond to each point here. So I'm just going to If you'll allow me, do some bullet points, reiteration, and um, then try to bring out or uh, further complete statements made uh, on the documentary here. I believe that God yearns as a father to bless because we as earthly fathers yearn to bless. But the blessings that are found in the life of the believer are spiritual blessings first. In the Old Testament, an earthly covenant with an earthly people 
promised them that they would be the head and not the tail. They would be above and not beneath. That their barns would be filled. Uh, earthly covenant with an earthly people that would show a distinction in the earth that God was with them. But we in the new covenant, our blessing is that we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Those other blessings, all that was covered in this series, does come in different ways. We do taste them. We do receive them. But when you step over into it is the right of the believer instead of the richness of God toward us, that leads us into great error. I was raised listening to most of the preachers on uh, the documentary today. I tried the method of, I called it the ribs method, eat the meat and throw away the bones. I just kept getting choked on all the bones. And I learned that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump and that my mind could start to be skewed and distorted and that it started developing a mindset that God exists for me instead of I existed for him. So if you're taking notes, I'll go through number one very quickly and then share with you today. Number one, uh, what's wrong with the prosperity gospel? What exactly is wrong with it? First of all, it's not God's gospel. The gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Mark 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the gospel of men. Romans 6, 11 and 12. For I would have you know, brothers, brethren, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel which means it did not originate with man. It doesn't center around man. It originates and centers around God and works its way to men. He said, I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The gospel is primarily about God, his desires, his purposes, his plans, his intentions, his pleasures. Ephesians 1 it said he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus for his good pleasure, not for my provision. The provision was the byproduct. It was for his good pleasure. And he purposed it in himself, not for me, but in himself. And he worked all these things out after the counsel of his will, that, not that I should be full, but that I would be appraised of his glory since I trusted in Christ. The true gospel explains the how and the why of man's redemption. The true gospel wealth is found in Jesus Christ. The gospel, the true gospel is about reconciliation, not reward. I am a blessed man. Blessed, blessed blessed but not one of them is deserved years ago I made a statement the Lord brought it to my mind yesterday it just grieved me so I was so sad I can't ever remember preaching 
just error. I, 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 tr- I never intentionally, to my knowledge, God's listening to me now. I've never intentionally known. But I made the statement that faith was the currency of heaven. And I could back that up with different stories. But I, I presented something that you could make kind of work that people exchanged faith for things. But the problem with that statement is, when you create a statement, if it's not true in every situation, then it's not truth. If faith is the currency of heaven, then God has to exchange currency for the purchased thing. A 12-ounce Coke is 12 ounces here in Osceola, Georgia. In Maine, 12 ounces is 12 ounces is 12 ounces. The gospel of Jesus Christ, though, is about reconciliation, not reward. It's not about the primary function. It's not about me getting anything from God. It's about God getting everything from me and out of me. It's not wringing blessings out of God. It's God wringing glory for his son Jesus out of me. The gospel, the true gospel, requires God's drawing. It requires repentance. It requires new birth and the lordship of Jesus Christ. The gospel is followed by a transformational work inside of the believer being expressed externally as sanctification from the world and consecration unto God. The problem with the prosperity gospel is that it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are many teachings, many promises about God's provisions. But they are not absolute provisions in every situation at every given moment. If you'd have just had faith, you wouldn't have died. If you'd have just had faith. And James, the brother of John, was thrust through with a sword. Well, if he'd have just had faith, he wouldn't have died. And the apostle Paul had angels opening doors for him out of prison. But one other time, he was let down out of a window in a bucket by a rope. Well, if he'd had faith, he could have got out a different way. If he had a faith, he could have rebuked the, the, the storm and there had been no shipwreck. If he'd had faith... I challenge you, I challenge you to go home and read Hebrews 11. The roll call of faith. And by faith, women received their dead back to life. And by faith, uh, Noah saved his family by building an ark. And by faith, um, Samson uh, delivered the people of Israel and killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And by faith, all these miraculous things. And then it says, and there were others. And there were others who walked around in sheepskin and goatskins. They were sawn in half. They were tortured. They were brutalized. They were fed to lions. They were lit as human candles in the city streets to light pagan lands. And the Bible says that they obtained a good report through faith. The world was not worthy of them. They obtained a good report through faith. This gospel teaches you that if you have faith and you stand on the scripture and you do not waver, that God has to respond to that. So in essence, you are the one in control, not God. There is a faith that moves heaven 
There is a faith that moves the hand of God. It's all through the Gospels. He said, woman, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Be it unto you. Yes. God responds to faith miraculously. Provision, protection, preservation, healing, seas opening. Yes, all of that. But you don't control the valve. We don't pick the time. God rules. God is sovereign. God is absolute. And it is his good pleasure to take care of his children. But he, he said one of your biggest mistakes is you thought I was altogether like you. And I'm not. I'm totally different than you. And I see things from an eternal perspective, not a temporal perspective. Number two. What's wrong with the prosperity gospel? It's a false gospel. It is false because it originated in the heart of sinful man. It is false because it is irrevocably woven with the love of money. And the Bible teaches us that godliness with contentment is great gain. And the love of money is the root of all evil. In this building, we have people that are very successful. God has blessed them with capacity, insight, opportunity, and strong work ethic. Riches are not evil. Wealth is not evil. And people that have it, that are true Christians, not only take care of their family, but they utilize it and multiply it for the glory of God. But the false gospel, the prosperity gospel, revolves around its purpose is the obtaining, possessing, and building silos to contain that which we have manipulated from God. Not received by grace, but received as a reward for our faith, our stance, and our words. The love of money is the root of all evil. Distortions in the gospel. Uh, oh, and let me just say this. Some would say, and we'll get to this in question and answer. I just don't like that calling out of the names. You, you shouldn't put the name up. You shouldn't put the name up. Paul, when he saw Peter sitting with the Jews, he'd been preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, explaining, explaining that there was neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, but when the Judaizers came in, he sat with the Jews only so as to insinuate that there was more to the gospel than just faith in Jesus alone. And Paul said, when I saw his error, and look at it, and the distortion of the gospel, I confronted him in front of everyone. It's not the calling out of a man's sin or a man's moral failure or a man's adultery or a, a, a man's... In, uh, weaknesses it, you don't touch the gospel I'm not listen there are men on this series that I listened to for 10 years that discipled me and they preached the word of God and heresy preached today did not change the truth that they preached yesteryear you see it's not an attack on the person how many of you learned in the natural realm people change? Preachers change. And I know what I was taught before. And it was Christ-centered. 
It was Christ glorifying. It made me want to be nearer him. But any gospel today that can stand on a stage with Oprah Winfrey while she says that all roads lead to God and I'm holding her hand teaching life classes because she and I are on the same page, something's wrong. Something's dead wrong. It's quiet in here. It's a false gospel because it's centered around man, not around God. It's false because its primary goal is the comfort and pleasure of man. Its primary purpose is comfort and pleasure, not glory of the Lord. See, if I live after the glory of the Lord, I may experience comfort and pleasures. How many of you in this room have lived with Jesus Christ for a while and you have both lived in the poorhouse and the penthouse? Been sick, been healthy, you, all of the above. And I, I've learned that God will distribute at certain seasons. You'd say, God, you're just so good to me. I just I don't even know if I can take anymore. My cup runneth over. And then you're in other seasons. Have you forgot my name? Do you know who I am? But the goal, that's how you can tell. The goal is the goal, my comfort and my pleasure, or is the goal, my life bringing glory to Jesus Christ. It's false because its focus is on the carnal, not spiritual. And it's on the temporal, not eternal. Its natural inclination is to bring God down to man's level and raise man up to God's level. It is false because it is occultic, borrowing from satanic and new age ideologies. Started in the garden, Eve, you'll be like God. Same, same occultic, you know, the secret that came out not too long ago. The law of attraction. Say, I am young. That, that's, the, that's identical to the absurdity of I'm identifying as. All right, watch this. John. I'm going to practice it. I am young. I am beautiful. I am wealthy. My knees do not hurt every single day of my life. My back is the back of a 15-year-old. I decree it so. How your knees doing? They hurt like the devil. Anything that is not true is a lie. I know that's simple. I remember going to preach for a guy one time, had the flu. He goes, glory to God. I'm so glad you're here. How are you? Man, I was sick. Don't say that. What? What did you? Don't say you're sick. What did you want me to say? He said, you need to be more positive. I said, I'm positive. I'm sick. <laughs> That's a true story. He got so angry. I thought he was going to hit me. It was like a vein come up on his head. He was second-guessing whether I was going to preach. I said, Pastor, just, just, can I cut through and ask you one question? Sure. I said, I'm not sick. No. If I'm not sick, how can God be my healer? I don't have nothing. And you know the verse, by his stripes, you were healed. And we'll get to this maybe in this message or the next one. Context. 
and continuity. If you're taking notes, write that down. Context and continuity. What context is the verse in and does it follow a continuous path throughout Scripture? If you look at that verse, by his stripes you are healed, every part of the context is spiritual and then they take the by his stripes you are healed and make it physical. He was wounded for my transgressions, spiritual. He was bruised for my iniquities, spiritual. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, spiritual. And by his stripes we were healed, physical. Is God my healer? Absolutely, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. But I can't take a verse out of context Make it past tense and say, why would I ever ask God for something that's already mine? I were healed. I was healed. I profess that I am what God says I am. Charles Spurgeon said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. It's a false gospel because it seeks to turn mercy into miracles, grace into gold, blessings into birthrights, and provisions into absolute possessions. Guys, if you would tell Children's Church for us, we usually let out about 1130 that it'll be about 15 minutes. Would y'all give me 15 more minutes? Okay. Just, just let them know so they can, you know, dun 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 come up with something else and... Like, what's Pastor John doing? <laughs> Testimony time in children's church is amazing. <laughs> my daddy did not scream at my mama the last two days. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> hey, can, I just, can we just go ahead and have an agreement? This will just help Kelly and I because our kids are getting to the age where they're talking. We won't believe what your children say about you <laughs> if you don't believe. Are we good? <laughs> Y'all don't believe what they say about us. Okay. Whew. All right, number three. What's wrong with the prosperity gospel? It's proclaimed by false ministers. Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. Paul said in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. Listen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God had showed it unto them, which means they know the truth. They hold the truth in unrighteousness. They refuse to tell you the truth because the truth doesn't draw the crowds. The truth doesn't bring in the offerings. The truth doesn't, bring, doesn't create a buzz. When the preacher stands and says, come to Jesus, an invitation to die, the crowd gets thin. But if they come in and say, come to Jesus, and he'll fill every empty place in your life. He'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory, which he does. But their appeal is not with the troubles and the narrow way and the chastisement of the Lord and the, and the purging and the scourging of the Lord. They suppress the truth. 
when you're asked on national television, is homosexuality a sin? You know, I, I, I just want people of all faith to have a better life. Okay? I'm not picking on homosexual. Is fornication sin outside of marriage? Yes. Is adultery sin? Yes. I, I, I really don't like to, you know, God, God is uh, larger than our mistakes. They suppress the truth. You ought to be able to be, give a quick answer to every man because it's applicable in every situation. Is homosexuality a sin? Yes. Is gluttony a sin? Yes. Is greed a sin? Yeah. You see, false gospels are preached by false preachers. They suppress the truth. They make merchandise of God's people. Second Peter 2, it said, In these days there were prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among yourselves, who will subtly and stealthily introduce heretical doctrines, destructive heresies, even denying and disowning the master who bought them, ignoring the cross, making a Christless, bloodless gospel, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their immoral, damnable, destructible ways, and because of them, the true way will be maligned and defamed. And in their covetousness, their lust and greed, they will exploit you with false, cunning arguments. It said, and because of these people, the way, the way will be laughed at by the world. And that's one of the reasons it's hard for us to win our friends because of the junk they've seen on television in the name of Jesus Christ. And because of the false preachers and the prosperity gospel, the way is evil spoken of. And they exploit and merchandise you. Send $1,144.44 and you need to send it on the, the 33rd day of the month. And this, and you know, they think of all these ways. And this, this water came out of the uh, River Jordan and send now for the first gift of. And all of these ways, it all winds up with your pocketbook. Let's, please, please get this. If any minister... If you feel like the motive, the central theme is to get to your money, put one hand on your wallet, the other hand on your, around your wife, and walk out. Walk away. God told us about giving. He said, let everyone give as they purpose in their heart. And let them give joyfully. That's why I say every Sunday morning that God allows me to pray over this offering, we're not giving to get, oh Lord. But I know he's going to take care of me because <laughs> I'm his boy. This gift is no strings attached. These false ministers mishandle, distort, pervert, and change the word of God. They ignore context and continuity, which means you can't just take a scripture out Unless it connects with all the other scriptures preceding it in the Old Testament and the New, making an agreement together. Mike Murdoch, I could do a whole sermon on, on him. Uh, when I let go of something in my hand, God lets go of something in his hand. And everybody, whoop, whoop, yeah, yes. That ain't in no Bible. 
Now, has that happened? Sure. But he was teaching it as a doctrine, which implied if you have a need, what you need to do is let go of something in your hand. And isn't it funny that they usually want it to wind up in their hand? And the blessing is promised because when, you see, that's, that's a doctrine. When you teach something as fact, that's a doctrine to them. Doctrine of men, damnable doctrine, doctrines of demons, doctrines of men. When you let go of something in your hand, God will let go of something in his hand. Well, sometimes God lets go of wrath. Sometimes God lets go of correction because he doesn't want you to get settled into a gospel that will damn your soul and the life of your children to follow. These ministers create, allow, expect, receive, demand celebrity status among God's people. I don't listen to anyone anyone that there's a hint of them expecting allowing or enjoying celebrity status now being known is not celebrity but being a celebrity and walking the spiritual red carpet you know being let me just just give you the example you're the bride the groomsman, or the groom, is coming soon. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. If I ever would allow, and allow you to give me, ask you to give me, or receive from me your affection that's supposed to be reserved for him, I'm not a friend of the bridegroom. I'm the enemy of the bridegroom. That's why the disciples, even after they would perform miracles, they'd say, why are you looking at us like we were anything special? It was by faith and it was by his name and faith in his name that this, this miracle was done. Don't, don't treat us as any different. Being known is not what I'm talking about. Loving the spotlight is what I am. Be wary of any man that loves to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral and the center. Because if he's the center of the stage, he's the center of the message. Finally, on number three, these false ministers who teach others how to get what they want from God instead of training them how to get to God the things God desires and deserves. Ben, if you would come, please. I've had to purge my library. I've had to purge my books. I've had to step away. I'm not on an anti... Listen, it's just the truth. You can judge me if you want. I'm not on an anti-person campaign. But I have never been so burdened in my life as a minister than I am for this local church being this near to the coming of the Lord Jesus that we not be deceived, that we not be tricked, 
that we not have changed the simplicity of knowing Jesus Christ into something else. I, have, I feel that responsibility on me, and I'm so limited in my knowledge and vocabulary that I feel like I can't get it all right, but I'm wanting you to be so stirred that you would search the Scriptures for yourself. And if anything that comes out of my mouth contradicts the Scripture or moves you away from the centrality of Jesus Christ and focuses upon you and, and, and this world, it is wrong. How many of you ever tried to Google something like something was wrong with you and you tried to Google it and you're like, dear Lord, I'm dead. I'll be dead by... <laughs> I'd be like, I've got hoclamocohixosis of the liver. I mean, I do. If you, if you Google it, you can find it. So I gave you a little levity because you know something's coming here. These, these are s symptoms that you may have digested this deadly gospel. And I'm not judging you. I'm asking you to go home and talk to the Lord about it. Is that fair? Twelve. And then we close. When what you get from God is more central to your faith than knowing and loving God. If getting things from Him better describes you than learning about him and loving him you've digested this toxin are you brazen enough to use the words always and never God always has to that'll never happen are you brazen enough in your faith to use the words, no matter how many scriptures you put around them, God always has to do this or God never will allow this. Do you have a distaste, a discomfort, or a refusal to acknowledge the sovereignty of God, which means God is in absolute control? I am not. An example would be me taking scripture saying, you said this, so you need to do this now. Instead of saying, Lord, you said you're the Lord that healeth me. And I believe that you're the Lord that healeth me. And I'm asking you to heal me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It seems to me that it's the revealed will in scripture. But I don't see all the pieces. If you have the final say in your life, you're the idolater. That's idolatry. If there's a lack of spirit-born meekness and humility when it comes to faith. Jesus said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. He wasn't preaching that small faith was important. He was preaching that living faith was important. That little mustard seed had life in it. The stuff you see on TV. I proclaim. I demand. I command. But we come like little children saying, I believe. Emphasizing the believer's right and power to create with their words. Oh, the power of life and death is found in the tongue. Not creative power. 
He just said you can tell what's in the heart. Out of the abundance of the man's heart, the mouth speaks. The power of life and death. I can tell if life operates in you or death operates in you by your words. You can't create anything. And do you see how gracious the Lord is? He's using the evil in the last day to wake up the church to what's happening in the church. The world is identifying itself. Male is female. Female is male. And you go, how absurd is that? And we're over here teaching others to identify themselves as wealthy as if they're poor. You see? How about this? Father, I may not have enough, but I have you. And I'm asking you to be my supply like you've always been. And whatever you give me, I'll be content with it because I got you. But my eyes are on you and I'm looking to you. Number six. If you reject and rebuke opposition and suffering. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. I reject that in Jesus' name. I reject it. Let's make sure we know where it originated from before we reject it. That house right there, baby. I I claim that house in Jesus' name. Well, you better claim the payments that come with it as well. (laughs) That goes with it as well. You may get mad at me here. The binding and loosing of angels. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Where's binding of angels? And if you bind them, what are you binding them with? And if you bind them with what you're binding them with, how long do they stay bound? And if you bind them with what you're binding them with and they stay bound, how do they get unloosed? Does another angel come and unloose them? Just a doctrine of men. I don't command angels. They move at the mouth of God. Just one of them, just one of many. Number eight, the absence of self-denial and the inability to recognize the good that comes from affliction. David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. The absence of self-denial. The beginning stage of living as a Christian, the pathway is, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself. So if blessings come, they come while I'm denying myself. Blessings come, but that doesn't remove the denial of self. Number nine, teaching steps, keys, and formulas. Man made to force the hand of God. Believing steps, keys, formulas that forced the hand of God. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't going to do it, but you know so much Bible and you quoted it right and you stood right, so okay. Number 10, the use of the Bible, our relationship to Christ and the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life to bless us externally instead of to transform us internally. To use the Bible, our relationship to Christ, and the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives to bless us externally 
instead of to transform us internally into someone that resembles Jesus Christ. Number 11. If you do not possess a nevertheless in your soul. What do you mean by that, Pastor John? The three Hebrew boys were about to be thrown alive into a burning fiery furnace and they said, here's faith. Here's the balance, okay, between faith and what really goes on in our life. Here's the balance. Standing in front of the king, the king of this great empire, three little teenage boys shackled hand to feet and they're about to be thrown alive. And he said, I'll give you one more chance to bow down. And one of them said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, small K, by the way, he said. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That's faith. But if not, if it don't work out like we think, plan, or believe, God's our protector. But if he doesn't protect us, God is our preserver. But if he doesn't preserve us. God's our deliverer, but if he doesn't deliver us, let it be known unto you this day that we're still not going to bow down and serve your God. If there's not a nevertheless in your heart, nevertheless, I trust him. And finally, if your theology has no room for a no from God, Paul said, I asked him three times, there's a, there's a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me and he torments me and tortures me and I ask God the Lord three times and God said no my grace is sufficient for you those who have been poisoned with the prosperity gospel that, that statement on their palate is distasteful I don't want sufficient grace I want what I asked for I just want you to know I love you with my whole heart. The hour is at hand. The trumpet is at the mouth of the archangel. The Lord is about to shout from heaven. Run so far into God that you stick out the other end. Away with anything. If it don't feel right, it ain't right. If it don't sound right, it's not right. And if it revolves around a person instead of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is false. We're not in the business of condemning people. I'm not judging anybody on the screen, but I'll judge your words, baby. Now I close with this. Group me in with every figure that you saw there. Group me in with them. If it ain't truth, baby, it ain't truth. Would you stand with me? Turn this on. We turn this on. I don't know why it was turned off. We ready? Brother Mark, would you come and close for me today? Y'all, this is my preacher friend, Mark Walter. He, he and his wife traveled uh, and preached to all the NASCAR people on Sundays 
all around the nation. Would you just pray over us um, this morning? Father, we come to you with seeking truth. There is so much garbage out there. There is so much lying and deceit. And Father, we just need to hear truth. Father, we pray that, that you, you come to us in our quiet time, that you come to us as we're driving, that you come to us as we seek you and speak truth to us. We know that the road is not going to be easy, but we know that you are there with us every step of the way. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this great work this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, don't forget tonight.